Traveling the Vortex. We've joined a doctor as he travels the vortex and arrive on episode 429 in glorious high definition. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty good. Pretty still riding, good. Still riding the end game high. Mason and I went and saw it again on Friday. <laughs> How does it hold up a second time? It holds up tremendously. In fact, it was one of those things that I kind of wondered because this will happen with films is I'll come out of something that says as I'm as jazzed and excited about and I'll go back and then I'll go, okay, now I'm nitpicking things and I'll start looking more. I didn't find myself doing that. I just was, again, long for the ride. Um, I, I saw the same things that I had issues with before, but, it, you know, it just very few of them. And it's just such an amazingly fun fan service film that I just, I, uh, it, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I mean, I'm, I am considering seeing it again in the theater, even before it goes, <laughs> even before it goes to the cheap theater. So I've watched all kinds of things, but mostly it's been playing catch up with, uh, it, it's been a lot of older films that I've been, been, uh, playing catch up on. And then we, we kind of started our rewatch of a couple of films. Finally got to the rogue cut of, uh, days of future past, which, oh, what'd you think of it? Um, Really, you're right. It wasn't all that different from, with with the exception of the the kind of really the one scene where they go and and break her out. Um, but there was there's not all that much difference to it, and I don't know that it's needed. I mean, it's cool to see her again, but beyond that, it's kind of like, man. We introduced Shy to the Wizard of Oz on Sunday. What did she think of that? Uh, man, she was glued. <laughs> And I may have played it up a little bit. I told her, you're going to have to help me because the witch is scary. And so anytime the Wicked Witch would show up, I'd tense up and hold on to her. And she bought it. (laughs) I mean, she was, every time she would disappear in a cloud of smoke and fire, she's bad. It's like, yep, yep, she is. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you do, Keith? Uh, We didn't do a whole lot. Been a lot, spending a lot of time outside playing with bubbles and chalk. Um, but we did watch, uh, I introduced Sarah to what we do in the shadows. Ah, what did she think? She liked it. She thought it was hilarious. There were a couple of really, uh, great moments that got her laughing really hard. And then we tried the pilot of the new series that is based off of the movie. It's kind of a spinoff tonight. It was okay. Uh, we're going to give it a couple more episodes, but not as good as the movie. All right. Well, let's move on to news. Uh, and news, Big Finish announced a new box set, The Lives of Captain Jack, Volume 2. And in this instance, Captain Jack is going to be putting on a familiar coat, but not his normal trench coat. <laughs> it's a bit more multicolored. He uh, apparently in one of the stories... He travels back in time to the time of Joseph and his amazing Technicolor yeah, green coat. not quite. He uh he encounters the sixth doctor and the sixth doctor becomes incapacitated and he <laughs> has to become the sixth doctor in this box set. That's funny. Which okay, that that could be fun. But the fact that it's the sixth doctor that it's yeah. Captain Jack imitating the sixth doctor, that to me is what the golden opportunity here is. <laughs> I really h- hope he goes all out for it. Yeah. 
the cover is pretty great of him in the in the outfit. I, I want I want John Barrowman to go like full on stage musical John Barrowman. I want him to go to the rafters, <laughs> you know. Three stories in this box set: two rich, written by James Goss and one written by Guy Adams. And in other news, Candy Jar Books had a couple of big announcements: a new Lucy Wilson mysteries novel, The Bandrill Invasion. Available Ooh. for pre-order, written by Wink Taylor. So that's a nice classic Who crossover. And then they've also announced the final novel in the anniversary series of the Lethbridge Stewart books, The Laffy Gnome, on His Majesty's National Service. So he goes to Korea in the 1950s. Can't Both get enough of the Bond references. Are available for pre-order. All right. Well, should we move on to feedback? Let's move on to feedback. Our feedback this week comes from Jamie. Jamie writes, hello there, Vortexers. This is a short one with just a couple of quick questions specific to your discussion on Doctor Who on Blu-ray. I don't purchase very many video products. I have a great library system with a large collection and ILL program. As they only have DVDs, that's the format that I watch Doctor Who with, your discussions that talk about colorization bring up the question, with missing Doctor Who getting animated in preparation for season Blu-ray releases, Power of the Daleks and the Macro Terror being prime examples, what are your thoughts on having a black and white and color version of these? I like that they give us both options, because I want to watch Patrick Troughton in black and white. Jameson continues, with recent movies, such as Force Awakens and Last Jedi, I've noticed that DVDs are now just the film with no bonus material at all. Do you guys think that DVDs are on their way out? Especially since Blu-ray players seem backwards compatible and majorly affordable. Yes. Also, <laughs> also <laughs> apart from having straight digital releases, do you think that Blu-ray will have a long reign like DVD and VHS? And do you, for you foresee a next step beyond Blu-ray? No, and yes. <laughs> well, I think they're already starting the next step with the 4K. I think those are technically Blu-ray 4K, but it definitely seems to be moving beyond just... Um, yeah, the studios are definitely attempting to phase DVDs out, um, whereas you used to be able to be able to purchase a, a Blu-ray DVD combo um, anymore it's either a Blu-ray digital combo or a 4K Blu-ray digital combo. It's very rare anymore that you can get one with a DVD in it. Um, they're out there, but they, they really are pushing the, the other formats. Will Blu-ray have a long reign? Yeah, but it's going to be tied in with that 4K <laughs> release because they're, they're really pushing that new high, that new hotness. Um, and as somebody who's been on the receiving end of these things over and over and over again, having upgraded from VHS to Laserdisc and from Laserdisc to DVD and from DVD to Blu-ray and from Blu-ray to 4K, um, I'm not necessarily looking forward to that. Blu-ray's Blue, yeah, got a uh, two-year life now, in my opinion, um, even with having a 4K, especially since all of the digital and streaming uh, can handle 4K now. I think uh, digital is where all of the studios want to go, where all the production companies want to go, and 
it's where all the retailers, not the not the mom and pop retailers, because they obviously want physical copies because then they get their cut, but all of the uh, distribution of it, they want it to go that way because it's a quicker, easier sell. They can cut out the middleman. They cut costs. It's completely, I think we'll see the demise of Blu-rays beginning in about two years, and then we'll be on to the next thing. And by that, I mean 4K as well. Um, the the thing about 4K, the, the the challenge of 4K is you can't get any better than 4K. And the reason being is because once you do more higher resolution than 4K, you no longer uh, see the difference. It will take marketing to um, convince you that it looks different, but it doesn't because it's <laughs> not true. They because wouldn't our, try. <laughs> well, our eyes do not biologically see. They don't even technically biologically see as far as 4K. And so we're at the state where we've advanced what our vision can perceive. And so beyond that, it, it doesn't matter how good or crisp or clean the quality gets. Our eyes do not perceive it any better than what we have at this point that, that we're moving into. So I'd be curious to see what they do if they try to convince us, you know, 8K is now the thing. And look how much better it looks. Well, no, it won't look any different to us than 4K does because we can't perceive it. <laughs> so it's interesting where they're going. But no, I think I think physical media is on the way out the door. Um, and I give Blu-ray two years, especially because of streaming services. People are already backing off of purchasing Blu-ray. Uh, distribution is struggling now the way it is because people are streaming, not just buying digital copies, but actually not buying copies at all because I can go to Netflix and see whatever I want. And now Disney Plus will have everything in the Disney library that I want to see. And, you know, so, you know, it's, it'll be phased out very soon. It's it's probably a sad thing because when you no longer own a physical copy of something, you no longer have as much ownership over it. Because even the, the, the fallacy of, of like something, that, for example, iTunes is if 20th Century Fox decides, well, that's a bad example because they're under Disney. Paramount decides that they <laughs> no longer want iTunes to distribute something. You no longer have access to it as well unless you have downloaded a physical copy. Of it. Um, because that little DMR license that you get with everything that you purchase digitally that you own that number, you don't own access to the uh, the media itself. And so as long as you have that number, you have access to getting that out there on the cloud, retrieving that from iTunes at any time. But unless you physically download it to a server, then there's no guarantee that you can't, you know, in, in two years when iTunes is no longer licensed to sell it anymore, once you, like, say you corrupt your copy, your copy's gone because you can't get it from iTunes. You're either going to have to go purchase it again, just like when you scratched a DVD, or <laughs> you're going to have to figure out another means in order to get your media. So it really is a, a detriment to the consumer, but that's completely where the studios want to go, and, and that's go to, that is their main driving force right now. I don't necessarily disagree with the why, I totally disagree as a consumer. Yeah, that's because what I'm yeah, I, I, I now obviously I'm I'm a special case because uh, <laughs> I, I like boxes. I'm, I'm <laughs> you guys have seen my basement. I kind of like uh, having stuff on shelves, and uh, the collector in me is is very interested in that. When it comes to the digital collections and hey, you can get this copy and stream it and blah blah blah. I, uh, you know, okay, that's cool that's kind of an added bonus. It's never been a driving factor for me. 
If you want to throw in a digital copy, hey, great. And we've watched them. The convenience of that is cool. But I'd just soon go downstairs and grab it off the shelf and pop it in. Mm. Even knowing that this could get scratched or this could happen or that could happen or blah, blah, blah. And I've always joked that, you know, the zombie apocalypse and you're all lives and civilization has collapsed and the cloud is gone. Well, I can fire up my generator and watch a movie. <laughs> Tell yeah. you run out of gas. Because I have it. But, um, Tell you run out of gas. Yeah. You know, I got that covered too. <laughs> you think I don't have a doomsday is plan? That what that, is that what that big oil derrick in your backyard is? I've always you think wondered, I don't have a doomsday I've plan? <laughs> always wondered what that giant derrick in your backyard was. I have my movie watching well in hand, sir. <laughs> but yeah i just uh i don't know maybe maybe not yeah i know i i i know where you're coming from sean and i I completely agree that it is to the detriment of the consumer unfortunately there are not enough people that think the way you do unfortunately the majority of people are the other side of that where they just they they would rather get rid of the clutter and have it all stored somewhere where they have access to it with limited storage that's been happening for a while. I remember when people would come up to me and say, oh yeah, I just got rid of all my boxes and moved all my discs over into, you know, CD wallets and the horror of that. It, it still <laughs> like, what? Why, why would you do that? Ah, but you know, people have been doing that for a long time. So, you know, people are weird. Uh, great show. Keep up the great job, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Thank, Thank you, you, Jamie. Well, that pretty much transitions us directly into our discussion for this week. That's right. Blu-rays, yay. Blu-rays. Are they worth upgrading for? Well, unfortunately, despite my tirade on um, the fact that everything's going to go to streaming and uh, digital anyway, <laughs> um, I, I, as, as a collector of Doctor Who, I do like to have it on my shelf. And I think the Blu-ray format certainly lent itself to not only a better quality picture, I mean, obviously it was shot in standard definition um, at the time. And, you know, but but every time we get it, even on DVD, it's the quality is improved. I think the, the best thing about um, the Blu-ray discs is the fact that you can get more information on the Blu-rays. So not only do we get all the previous material that we got on the DVDs, but they're adding new materials to these. They're adding the omnibus uh, movie versions of these, which I think is pretty cool. And I think that's probably the biggest thing I take away from the the Blu-rays. Yeah. The fact that they can, you know, put more on the discs, make the box sets smaller and therefore make them also less expensive. I think also lends to the fact of, you know, when you had to buy them episode by episode, you were going to prioritize the ones you liked the most. Um, as, unless, And then those completists were going to pick them all up eventually. But for someone like me who doesn't necessarily need every single episode, this is a more affordable way for me to have access to every single one because I can buy the season and get episodes that I probably wouldn't have bought individually. And I would be more likely to watch them because I have them. So if I'm going through and watching a full season, I'm not going to be skipping over a story just because it's meh. Whereas if it's the DVDs, I would skip over it because I didn't own it to begin with. That's a very valid point that I'll be honest, I hadn't really thought of. But if you're somebody that, you know, only collects the Cybermen episodes and you ran out and purchased Revenge of the Cybermen, and now all of a sudden it's in a box set and you're thinking, well, I guess 
I can own robots and, you know, Ark in space and all that Genesis one that everybody keeps talking about. (laughs) You know, it it, it gives you the opportunity to do that. Whereas before you may not have done it because it just wasn't your, uh, your cup of tea. I, um, I'm still on the fence as it were with this. And I think a lot of this depends on where you're coming to the Blu-rays from. If you do not own any Doctor Who and you are thinking about buying Doctor Who, yes, absolutely, you should be buying these Blu-ray sets. They are gorgeous and they look fantastic. Um, I did a fairly extensive comparison, popped in a DVD, popped in the Blu-ray, and um, for the most part, Glenn's right, the quality is is pretty, pretty significantly um, increased on them. There were a couple specifically on uh, Castrovalva that I noticed, and, and Glenn, you'll have to refresh me, um, because by that point, I don't know if it was the same or not, but when they were outside the studio, was it film that they were still shooting on by the time they got into the Peter Davidson era, or was it still videotape, or how did that work? Well, there's a, there's a bit of a difference back in the day in the Pertwee era, or at least Tom Baker era, they were shooting on film when they were outside. When uh, they got into about, I think, probably the, the Davison era in the early 80s uh, specifically, they started using what was called outdoor broadcast quality tape. I've, some of Davison's may be um, uh, film, but uh, no, they were shooting on what's called outdoor broadcast, but it is certainly a different format. And so it, it still has a different look to it. So that's why you'll notice when things McCoy's, I think is entirely shot on tape or stuff. Okay. But, um, yeah, Davison. And I think even some Baker was still, you know, film and outdoor broadcast, uh, tape to my untrained eye watching Castrovalva on Blu-ray, the outdoor stuff looked terrible. Quite honestly, it, it was such a stark difference. You could see wavy lines in it um, because it had been, you know, up converted to this nth degree. Uh, and it just, it really called attention to the fact that it probably shouldn't have been. <laughs> and then when they got to any of the interiors, when they were inside the TARDIS, it looked great. It was really, really sharp and really, uh, really looked good. Um, versus the Tom Baker stuff, which uh, in the, in that first season was pretty consistently uh, an improvement over the DVDs. Now, it wasn't a huge improvement. And this is something that I've kind of had to... Um, I, I've, I've got some friends that are always on the cusp of the bigger, better, brighter, uh, you know, format. And I remember when Terminator came out on DVD and it was remastered in THX and Reggie... Reggie, man, he was all kinds of excited and he just trumpeted this thing for weeks that it was coming out and he would come <laughs> in the store and talk about how he couldn't sleep at night because Terminator was coming in THX. <laughs> and I had to break it to him. I was like, Reggie, you do understand that Terminator was, when it was shot, it was recorded in mono, right? <laughs> you know, the, the, the THX remastering is not going to help that film all that much. Uh, you know, you can only... You can only polish it so much, but if your original source recording was crap, <laughs> it's it's polished crap. There, there's just not <laughs> much you can do with this. And, uh, you know, is it going to be better than we had before? Well, yeah, but it's still it's still mono. It's still mono. I mean, you're, you're dealing with it. And Doctor Who, I think, is, and we've kind of talked about this before, is it's very, you're limited by what it was originally 
shot in. And this is not Star Trek. This is not something that an American network show was done. This is the BBC. This is a government institution that very frequently never has any money. We've all seen the documentaries and the the reports and the newspaper articles and the magazine. They never have any money for anything and how they can cut corners and the, all the, all the things that we've joked about with poor production design and bubble wrap monsters and this, that, and the other thing, and all of the scores of that, that has gone on for years and years and years and years. And now we're going to master it in high def. And there's well, a part of me that goes, mm, I, I, I question <laughs> the, the, the logic of that as to whether or not that's really the best use of, you know, our time and effort. Now, again, as Glenn said, you can cram more on there. As Keith said, it makes the sets smaller. So they eat up less space on the shelf and it affords you the opportunity to kind of put these together in these nice little packages that are, you know, a little more easily digestible. So if you're looking to dip your toe into these waters and, you know, feed that American itch as it were to, we have to buy everything in a box set. Yeah, this is right up your alley. To to be fair though, as far as the quality goes, um, you got to consider the fact that all of this was shot, even the stuff that was shot on film was transferred to videotape. So, you, but what they're doing is they're working with the available copy. So in that instance, you can look at it from the perspective of you're getting the best quality because that they can absolutely do. Sure. Now that's the. I'm sorry, Keith. Go ahead. No, I was nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting until we get back to the bonus features because that's really for me yeah, what yeah. it comes down to is if you're a bonus feature type of person yeah these box sets are for you if you just care about the stories maybe you're better off with a subscription to BritBox where you have almost the entire collection and won't have to you know wait for further releases to be in high definition That's certainly something else to look at. I did go through and kind of uh, did a disc by disc comparison of, okay, what special features are on this DVD? Okay. What special features are on this, you know, this Blu-ray and um, in, in a case by case basis, every single one of them with the exception of one special feature on Genesis of the Daleks, which was not listed. It doesn't mean that it wasn't there because a couple of them I've noticed they changed the names. Uh, which makes it a little more, uh, this is confusing now, but, um, I couldn't find one special feature that was on the Genesis DVD set that, um, it didn't appear that it was listed on the, on the Blu-ray set. Other than that, they are all there plus some because there's new content that's been recorded for them as well. And some really great content. The behind the sofas segments are fantastic. They're really fun to watch. And I really want to. I haven't gotten to devour them in quite the amount that I want to, but those are just great. Um, and in the Peter Davison box set, apparently back in 2012, they filmed a little something uh, going back and revisiting locations uh, with Peter and Nissa and Tegan and the actor who played Turlow kind of led the way. And I'm not sure why they did it so long ago. Well, they revisited that format for two other bonus features, one for Castro Valva and one for uh, Black Orchid. And they kind of string the three together. So it kind of makes a quote unquote, a story sort of thing where it's them going through it. And it's, it's really well done. It's really impressive. 
the uh, there's a similar bonus feature on Monty Python and the Holy Grail where they go back and visit old locations, and it's probably my favorite special feature on that set because it's just fascinating to see them come back to something that they recognize, and yet it's so different. Well, and not just that; it's the all of them together as opposed to each of them talking on their own. Yeah. Not just a talking head documentary, which are fine and interesting, but there's something so different about having all three of them talking about something together in the same room that makes it so much more enjoyable to watch. That's part of why the uh, behind the sofa is so much fun is it's the three or four of them sitting on the sofa, watching the episode and commenting on it. As opposed to, you know, just giving us a commentary, you get to see reactions, you get to, because sometimes commentaries come across, in my opinion, as, you know, well, they, uh, they may be in different rooms, but they're not really talking to each other. They're just kind of talking about it as opposed to having conversations, which is so much more enjoyable. Yeah, it feels very much more. I mean, you can, you can actually see the, um, oh, the, the, the spark of that connection that you can see the chemistry the chemistry thank you um and it, it kind of flares back up and it, it's almost a reminder of why they work so good as a team on camera yeah to begin with because they kind of fall back into it and obviously a lot of these people are you know they've been friends for years and years and years at conventions and whatnot but they, they just kind of fall into that they're, they're they're friends and they you know they they feed off of each other Oh yeah, it's great. Especially, especially uh, Peter Davison and uh, Janet Fielding. <laughs> <laughs> um, one that I could not find, and Glenn, maybe you have had a little more success since you actually own the set. I had it uh, on on a, on a on a rental from the library. Um, the stripped for action, the uh, the comic book or, or the the comic a- uh, series that they would uh, go and look at. I could not find a single one of those. Did you happen to uh, see if, or have you noticed if they're on there? I haven't come across, but they are not on all of the uh, DVDs, although I would have thought that it would have been on that first season of Tom Baker. Um, but I hadn't. That's the thing is I've kind of looked at some of the new uh, commentaries and, and things, but I haven't really gone deep into the stuff that already existed, uh, mostly because a lot of that I'd already seen on the DVDs. So I'm not sure about the strip for action or which particular disc that strip for action came on, uh, originally for Tom okay. Baker. Cause that wasn't, that was one that I could not find. Um, but again, it may have been relabeled. It may be under something different. Um, uh, it may not have been there or they may have moved it to another disc. There may be a, you know, uh, one of the sets may wind up coming out with a bonus disc that's going to have all of those loaded onto it. I'm not sure what the plan is, which is entirely possible. Uh, Seeds of Doom was the strip fraction for uh, Tom Baker. So okay, so we haven't come out to that yeah. one yet. So, so that just could be the, the case of they just haven't done those discs yet. Yep. In, uh, in the case of someone like myself... However... Oh, however uh, Black Orchid is the one that had the uh, Peter That's Davidson. Right. Yeah, I did have that so, one. Okay, and it wasn't there on the on the Peter Davidson. It wasn't on there. Okay. Hmm. In the case of someone like myself who has all but one of the stories on DVD <laughs> that's available, um, and uh, side note: if anybody's 
got a copy of Curse of Fenric that they're looking to unload cheap, you can contact me at Sean at Traveling the Vortex. I'll be happy to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. But um, if you've already owned them, and uh, and I'll, I'll even go so far as to say even if you have VHS copies, quite honestly, do you need to upgrade to this? Eh, from really VHS, f- yes. From a VHS, VHS yes, because you're gonna <laughs> because you're gonna run out of VCRs at some point. <laughs> They're not. Yeah, I mean, anymore. the likelihood of you still having a VCR that works is probably gonna be pretty slim. But if you already have them on DVD, or if you already have the majority of them, or if you already have the stories that you want, is the leap worth the money? Hundred uh, percent. A toss up. Hundred percent. Here's why I say it. Here's here's why I say that it may not be. Because you're dealing with, you know, you, you've got to factor in that the collector and the collector in me is like, well, you got to have it, but you're dealing with, you're, you're spending money on stuff you already own. Yes. It's a slightly better quality, but is it a better enough quality difference that you're really going to notice it on something that do you watch it enough to really quality, you know, quantify it? Eh, again, maybe, maybe not. The shelf space. Are you really shaving enough shelf space? In my case, I've got one dedicated bookcase to Doctor Who. They're already on it. So I'd have to actually find a different way to jigger things to put other things on that shelf. It wouldn't help me any. Um, and, and it just, I don't know that it would make that much of a difference. Now, having said that. And how that, often would you go back to the bonus features? I mean, that's the other part of it. I love bonus features. But you watch a lot of bonus features, and you're good. But very rarely do I get a chance to watch them anymore because I watch so much stuff that you know. Oh, cool! It's got this documentary on it, and I watch maybe one bonus feature every five years. I mean, it's it's just it's not (laughs) something that I get a chance to sit down in front of anymore unless I make a special, you know, effort for it. Um, it, it just it's just not something that happens. Now I'm a package junkie. I love cool boxes. And if the American releases were the same as the British releases, Mm -hmm. where they had the cardboard slip sieves and the artwork and the lobby cards and the booklet and all that kind of stuff, that honestly might be the deciding factor that flipped me over to the, yeah, I got to have these. The fact that they're not, and they're kind of a pared down version of it, that's honestly, that's kind of the sticking point where I can pull myself back and go, well, I don't know that I really need it. Now, if I came across one and it was at a great price point, yeah, I'd probably still go ahead and buy it. But that would be the deciding factor for me. I feel bad for anybody that has in the last 10 years bought DVDs that have been hard to find for more than, you know, 50 bucks. <laughs> um, Black Orchid. And Earthshock both were uh, discs that went skyrocketed. In fact, I luckily held off and I ended up getting a used copy of uh, relatively cheap for Earthshock. But Black Orchid, I mean, it it was even one of the more newer releases and for some reason went gone and just skyrocketed in price. And so now you can buy all of these (laughs) in one season for what you could for sometimes for Earthshock or, or black orchid. So I really feel pe- bad for people that have been chasing these down and have played those absorbent fees for the ones that became harder to find. Especially those of us that were, you know, scheduling shows yeah. for a podcast <laughs> that, uh, you know, had to buy episodes so that we could review them. That was terrible. You know, or, you but, know, but, even but, just on the, you know, looking at the space museum and the chase, 
that mm-hmm. box, just those two stories were about the same price as you could get all of Tom's first season now. That's yeah. absolutely true. And yeah. that think, wasn't one that would get skyrocketed in price either. That was its no, initial it price point. No, it didn't skyrocket, but it went up no. even after that. So, yeah, because well, I think I, I bought it DVD set when it came which out. Which is a whole was, season. Which is a whole right. season. It priced <laughs> at 89 something. Yeah. I think it I think was I, a, it was, I think it was ninety bucks, and I think I know. picked it up for sixty. So, even still, you're getting a season less than that on Blu-ray. Yeah. See, and I, I I'll disagree with Sean on that. I think any collector would be um, wise to pay price point of about sixty to seventy dollars. Um, they've typically, even the most recent, uh, what was it, uh, the last Tom Baker, which was complete season seven for him. I think it's worth it for even the extra um, uh, content that you get on there. Um, they, they've really taken um, a concerted effort to make sure that they're putting uh, stuff on here that's worth it. So I think uh, I, I think a collector, especially at the rate that they're coming out of just, what, two or three a year, I think it's an affordable option, even if you already own the DVDs. It's especially affordable option if, if you're if somebody that has holes in your collection. Um, would I recommend getting rid of the DVDs? Uh, that's entirely up to you. I'm going to probably hold on to mine, even though I don't have a full complete DVD collection. I've got a near complete DVD collection. I think I'm only shy about 10 stories, but also ultimately I'll make sure that I hold on to the ones that are not out of Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure I still have those available to me too. So that now brings us up to the, okay, so you've got them available. What if you don't have them? You don't own any of them. And you're not really sure that you want to own any of them. Is streaming a better option? I think if you're on the fence about it, yeah. If you don't know if you want to own them, I think streaming or, you know, a lot of libraries now. I know Jameson said his only does DVDs, but a lot of them are doing Blu-rays now. So also checking into your local library if you're interested in seeing them but don't want to spend the money. If, and don't want to subscribe to BritBox for twelve ninety nine a month or whatever that is. No, 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 no. It's like six bucks a month. Oh, is it that month. cheap now? Yeah. Right um, now, it is. I imagine it'll creep up there in the in few years. Yeah, if you don't want to spend I, I that monthly fee. Now. Yeah, and, and but if you want to also be able to check out some of these bonus features, that's another option. Right. Well, you don't check yeah, those you, out or hitting a video rental store that some might still exist that might have them in stock. <laughs> That's the challenge there too, is you don't get the bonus materials with the streaming on, on BritBox at this point. So it, yeah, that, that is, if you're just solely going to go for the movies, I mean, you're, you're not just paying $5 a month for Dr. Who you're paying $5 a month for a lot of quality British television that's on BritBox. Um, but on the flip side of that, if you're just going for it for Dr. Who $5 a month, I mean, you might as well put that investment into, you know, a Blu-ray set and then you get all the extras too. Assuming there are Blu-rays you care about. Like if, and that's also if you really want to dip your toe back into the first doctor, you're gonna have to wait a while. I mean, that's true. That's true. And that's also dealing with just the classic series at this point, because BritBox, I, I imagine, eventually is going to wind up being the home for all of Doctor Who. But due to the licensing agreements, the the new series is not on BritBox. It's kind of spread all over the place, and I think it's on it's on Prime and. Yeah, uh, that's the only place it is now. It, 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 well, the U.S. it's just on Prime. Amazon yeah, Prime. Um, so that's a whole nother hundred and whatever Prime's running now. Uh, hundred bucks a year. 
to have access to those if that's you know then again you're you're paying 100 bucks a year but you're not paying 100 bucks a year for doctor for doctor who you're paying you're paying for a lot more for a lot of stuff and you're getting doctor who's a bonus so let's not undersell that no 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 i'm I'm not saying that i'm I'm trying to encapsulate it from the standpoint of if we're just talking doctor who you know, because we're, we're putting it in that, well, if you're going to buy the Blu-rays, but you don't want the bonus features, but, well, you could subscribe to this, but you don't get them, or, you know, back and forth. There's obviously other benefits to having a Prime membership. There's obviously other benefits to having a, 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 a BritBox membership other than just Doctor Who. Right. But limiting it for confines of the conversation, you know, that's something that, would it be worth it to me? Would I subscribe to it just for Doctor Who? No. Even if I didn't own them, I wouldn't subscribe to it for just Doctor Who. Would it be worth it if I wanted to subscribe to it for, you know, Doctor Who plus all this other stuff? Well, yeah, then it, then it probably becomes much more worthwhile. But again, I'm a collector. I like boxes. I'm in that mindset of I need to own this. I would much rather go ahead and spend the money at that point and know that I have it because I don't see it going anywhere. But as Glenn said, if the iTunes, you know, situation were to come up where all of a sudden the rights reverted back and somebody, you know, took it off that streaming service, then it's not available. Well, that's when you just unsubscribe. <laughs> right. But then you don't have that's access the difference. to it. That's, that's, that's right. the more important that's, part of that is, yeah. you know, okay, I can unsubscribe. That's not a big deal. But I don't have access to it anymore versus the I went and bought this. I can go pop it in whenever I want. And I still right. have access to it. So that, that to me is the more important, um, you know, the freedom of being able to watch Doctor Who whenever I want, whichever one I want. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go seek it out. It's on the shelf. I know where it's at. <laughs> which, one, which one do you want to watch? I want to watch Kill the Moon. Okay, there it is. I mean, you know, I can just go and pick it up. It's right there. I don't know why I would pick that one, but it's right there versus not being so. I definitely think there's benefits to it. I think there are a lot of pros and cons for both aspects of it. They certainly are. I mean, and and it's going to come down to the individual. I mean, how much of a collector, how much do they want? How much of it, you know, are they willing to invest into it? Yeah, absolutely. What'll be interesting, I think, is as these sets continue to come out, um, to my uneducated brain, I've noticed with Blu-ray, it very much seems to me that there's kind of a there's a marked delineating difference in quality when you come from a newer film, pretty much anything from like say pirates of the Caribbean forward. Those films look fantastic on Blu-ray. And when you look at old classics, anything that was shot in black and white, those films look fantastic on Blu-ray. They're crisp. They're clear. They're just outstanding. And then there's this weird no man's land of stuff that kind of falls into the middle in between those that just doesn't really seem to do much. And a lot of these classic films that, I mean, there's some of my eighties, you know, I love films from the eighties. Some of my favorite films of all time fall into that, that span and you buy them on Blu-ray and it's just like, now this doesn't quite, it's not, it doesn't look great, you know? I bought Wrath of Khan thinking, oh, this is going to be so great. And all of the ships look fantastic. All of the interiors were terrible because it's all smoke and grain. And it's just blurry almost because they've gone to this super, let's put everything into focus. And yet because of the environment, it's all red lighting and smoke. You can't see anything anyway. And it looks terrible because it loses that atmosphere of what's going on. 
And so I think a lot of the 80s films don't work that way. And I'll be curious when we eventually do get one of the Hartnell sets that's in black and white, if that trend follows true, if it just suddenly pops in a way that these other ones are not quite popping for me. It's possible. I have a feeling there was a transition somewhere in there on the format they were filming or something that made it this way. Not so much, you know, the fact that it is black and white or something like that. Yeah, well, certainly the, really uh, sure. film, the film quality from the 70s to the 80s was definitely uh, different. The 70s films, whatever they were shot on, have not aged well. They have a certain look. They have a certain um, sepia vision to them. I think it might have been how the color processing was done. I think ultimately, and I'm, I'm speaking with no knowledge of, of film from the 1980s other than knowing film of the 1980s, but the, the actual format of the film of the 1980s. Um, you know, it certainly might have been a different quality film, but also might have been a, 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 a they may have been developed differently. And so, you know, that, that might have once, you know, I mean, film was still, you know, improving all the way up until the 1990s. So there, there certainly could be something to do with that. I blame Paul Simon. <laughs> The moment, he, the moment he sang about Kodachrome, the secret was out and the magic was lost. <laughs> what else about these Blu-rays do we want to talk about? I understand I'm a hypocrite, if that helps. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I own all the new series uh, from Matt Smith forward on Blu-ray. So, you know, it's not like I don't own any Doctor Who on Blu-ray. Yeah, I think I'm the same way. And, you know, ultimately, when you go back and look at it, the... Um, anything prior to that was not shot in high definition anyway. So even when you go back and buy the Blu-rays, you're just getting up conversion quality um, standard definition. I mean, it was shot in widescreen or what they call widescreen or they used to call widescreen. Um, <laughs> it was, it was shot in 16.9, but it was not shot in high definition video. So that's, yeah. so that yeah, wouldn't make you a hypocrite. Yeah. Uh, that's right. John, you would be a hypocrite if you had gone back and repurchased the new series seasons one through four on blu-ray and replaced your dvds well now to be fair they're still going to look better they're still going to have higher quality but they that's the equivalency of yeah that transfer is different well and see zavi's got some steel books out there for seasons one through four and i keep looking at them going ooh, yeah but you're a packaging guy that's why (laughs) but but i'm a packaging guy (laughs) yeah you don't care that it's blu-ray you care about the packaging yeah but well no the blu-ray is an added bonus too but for as much of a hard time as I give you for being a packaging guy, the ultimate look at the ultimate view of that is you see it. You see the packaging more often than you see the video on the disc. You you look true. at that packaging more often than you watch the actual DVDs or Blu-rays. So it does in a way make sense to be a fan of packaging because it is what you see more often. Well, good. I feel justified then. <laughs> <laughs> it's rare. Speaking of letterboxed, can, can I can I take an aside for just a moment to yell at everybody out there who shoots vertical video on their phones? No, because you guys are going to force us to go back to square televisions to accommodate oh. that, and then we're going to have to bring back letterbox movies. And I don't want to go that route. We just got to the rectangular TVs. Leave it alone. The media is dictated by the norm, and society has adopted. So you're too late, Sean. Sorry, you should have got on the bandwagon earlier. Actually, you were. You and I both were on the on that uh, tirade early, but not enough people were. But we 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 just got them all trained, and now they're <laughs> and now they're. Let me hold my phone wrong. It's like no. You, you you can thank phone makers for that. I know. Yeah. 
I want to watch movies on my phone. No, you don't. Why would you do that? I'm sorry. That was neither here nor there. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else you guys want to talk about on these Blu-rays? They're very pretty. I can't. I can't deny that they're they're not pretty because they are. I, I really want to see the, the 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 upcoming Perch we set. We probably should have saved this until Perch we came out. Yeah. Well, that's still another what three months, four months. So yeah, here's the here's the one thing I will harp on about this, and this is one of just my axe to grind. I know why they've done it the way they do, but in the UK they're coming out in actual season format. Here they were getting Tom Baker's complete first series. Well, yeah. no, it's not his first series. I mean, it, it is his first series, but it's not the first series. And so I think right. one of the things that's, that's annoying me is the fact that in North America, they feel like we're, we're too dumb to realize that there were, you know, 50 years, 28 seasons of Doctor Who. And so I think that's the one thing that annoys me the most about the, the Blu-ray packaging for the, for North America anyway, that, that frustrates me to no end, but I understand why they're doing. I think it's it's probably a better better marketing tool, especially for people in the U.S. that started with Tom Baker and and, and Peter Davison. But and to play, you know, to be on your side a little bit more on this, it's going to create kind of an issue once they because they're releasing them in season format in the U.K. There's going to be seasons where there's overlap. I mean, look at what isn't twin dilemma the actual season finale of that season well it is but that's still considered his first but it, season. in the, the only the only overlap you're going to find yeah is i see what you're saying yeah so like there are some seasons where you know if it they were where the, the doctor UK, doesn't start fresh on the new season i get you right yeah all right sean what do we got coming up on the schedule well coming up on the schedule for those of you that like to follow along at home uh, this schedule is hosted on uh, TravelingTheVortex.com, and you can go there and follow along. Next week, uh, we dip back into some big finish, and a very exciting one, uh, I believe, with uh, The Condemned, uh, which I am almost finished with, and I'm uh, fairly happy. So huh. tipping my hat a little bit. Uh, and then uh, beyond that is our book our book review uh, of Doctor Who Scratchman by Tom Baker. So you still have a little bit more time to read that. We're also going to take a look at the recently released Titan Comics free comic book day issue. So I hope you all got out to a local comic book shop and uh, picked up a copy for yourselves. Because um, once again, Titan Comics did that. And it's, I don't know why we always manage to seem to kind of forget about it until, <laughs> oh, the, oh, that's today, isn't it? And then have to run out there. But uh, we're going to take a look at that. Uh, and then uh, finishing out May, um, Eighth Doctor returns in some more big finish with uh, the beginning of Season 4, Death in Blackpool. And mm. then... It's t- listed as a bonus release, big finish list. It's it's something that came out separately. Um, in my mind, chronologically, it fits right after this, which is where I've scheduled it. An Earthly Child. Ooh. Finally. 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 So that kind of finishes out the month. And, you know, beyond that, there's there's much, much more on, on this schedule that you can go take a look at. Recently revised and updated. Need to talk about before we close this one out? I don't think so. All right. Well, if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. 
Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.